Are you ready to witness greatness? NFL fans, welcome to the largest tailgate party in the nation. Let's go! Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Victory is the end game. We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is... Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No. Oh, welcome in. It's the Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM Podcast. We'll have Jared Smith with us from PigsWise.com, talking some college ball. We'll have Bill Krakenberger from CrackWins.com, sports handicapper. We'll talk NFL with Crack. I'm Brian No. Hey, new users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. All right, let's bring in Jared Smith talking some college ball. I, I just I don't know if you feel empty that Notre Dame isn't part of, of the festivities here on Saturdays. What do you think here, Jared? No, I, I think I'm okay Saturday, with, with that. I mean, I think You're you right. guys had your – you had your moment in the sun on Saturday and it turned out to be the Caleb Williams Heisman game. And yeah. now we move on from there. Yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame's moment in the sun was Caleb Williams moment in the sun. Yeah. How it turned out. <laughs> well, let's start there. Number 11, Utah at number three, USC. How about that? USC right there in the thick of everything. And uh, USC with a chance here. Uh, they're a two and a half point favorite. So win and you're freaking in is uh, what you would have to go with here. I, I might have had the, the rankings wrong over What are they, three or four? USC's probably – They're four. They're, they're four. four, yeah, because TCU is three. What they're unblemished. USC, quick correction, four right next to their, their name right there. But how about the defense? Limited Notre Dame to only 90 rushing yards last week, and that was a, a huge step in the right direction for the Trojans defensively. The question now becomes against a Utah team that punked them in the regular season. Can they do enough defensively to get some revenge and make it to the college football playoff? Brian, it's, it's funny because I don't think, and I don't want to be skeptical or, you know, down on this weekend, but I, I don't think this is as interesting or from a betting perspective, at least as I would have hoped. And I think this game on Friday night is really the, the kind of the, you know, the first domino. If USC wins this game on Friday night, it, it makes the rest of the weekend, I don't want to say pedestrian, but it, it, it kind of removes a little bit of the drama. But the irony is this game Friday night is, in my opinion, the jewel of the weekend because you have these conflicting handicaps with Utah being this defensive-minded team that's really struggled on that side of the field this year. And then, of course, you have USC, which is just a, a terrible defensive team and and arguably the best offensive team in the country, definitely the best offensive player in the country in Caleb Williams. Now, this first game was about two months ago. It, it was a very high-scoring game, but it was a game that I think USC controlled for most, for most of the outset until the final drive when Cameron Rising pulled a rabbit out of his hat. They scored a touchdown. They went for two. They got it, and they won by a penny. So I, this game really could go either way, because I think if you watch that first game, there was really no dominant 
team. It was really back and forth like a tennis match with each team holding serve. So which defense is going to be able to get that one key stop? Which offense is going to make that one key mistake? And I think, uh, you know, the line's telling you this is a true toss up. I think USC's run game is very important here. Brian, because I think that's kind of the unsung, undervalued unit. We know Caleb Williams. We know you know Utah can move the ball a little bit too against USC. But if USC can control the tempo of this game with their running game, of course, no Travis Die, but they've got some other you know solid backs. I think that's what separates them in this matchup because I think obviously their passing offense offers a lot more explosion than Utah's does. And if you USC can also control the line of scrimmage, which is not something I would have expected them to do. I think they're going to win this game, and I, I think the spread is probably fair right around three. Yeah, and you think about domination. That certainly was the tight end from Utah, Dalton Kincaid, in the initial matchup between these two teams. Listen to his stat line. 16 catches against USC earlier in the regular season for 243 yards and a touchdown. And I love this quote from USC's defensive coordinator, Alex Cringe. He said, anytime someone has their career game against you, there's a level of embarrassment about it. I love that quote. And he also said, hey, if we don't tackle, the same damn thing's going to happen all over again. So that's one of the questions. Can USC slow down what Utah did best against them last time out? And that was getting the ball to Dalton Kincaid and letting him eat, letting him run after the catch. Of course, you have the unspecified injury with the quarterback Cameron rising. And you saw a little bit of that against Oregon a couple of weeks ago when he was, Jared, he was freaking terrible. I might have had money on Utah that night. I have nightmares of (laughs) Cam rising from that game. But really curious how effective he can be and how healthy he'll be against USC. Kincaid's a little banged up too, frankly. Yeah. Um, You know, they're they're both – I mean, because listen, this is a Utah offense that is very – I don't want to say one-dimensional because I do think – Cameron Rising's legs and and his ability to put the ball in the right spot when he's able to do that is 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 pretty unmatched in college football. Like like he is the like the uh, game manager on steroids because he can run the ball a little bit too. But at the end of the day, this USC or excuse me this this Utah offense is very pedestrian at at you know receiver and tight end. They have Kincaid. They had another guy, Keithy, who was arguably better than Kincaid. He got hurt early in the year, so he's been out for almost the entire season. So it's really just Kincaid and then a very, you know, pedestrian group of receivers. And in today's college football, you just eventually, when you're facing a team like USC, when you're facing a team like UCLA, and we saw how that turned out for Utah, you have to be able to push the ball down the field. And that's not something that Utah has excelled at this year. And again, I think USC's run game is going to be key here. And I, I really I, I really think that is where they're going to win this game because that sets up Caleb Williams. That sets up the ability of Lincoln Riley to go play action and to run those g- gadgets and gizmos that he likes to run that, you know, puts the ball out wide in, 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 in the hands of his of his playmakers. But if they can't run the football and Utah's defense is able to stop that, and you set Caleb Williams up in third and long, then that sets up a totally different vibe for this game. You know, if Caleb Williams is consistently operating out of second and five, third and two, it's going to be an easy day for this USC offense, and they will score. Thir- I mean, I think their team total is right around 35. They will exceed that number. And I think another thing that favors them, fast track in Vegas. The last game was played at altitude in Salt Lake City. Very different vibe here. And then the final cherry on top, and I'm not going to scream conspiracy. 
you would imagine the Pac-12 really wants USC to win this game. They want a team <laughs> in the playoff. So maybe those 50-50 holding calls on USC's offensive line might go the other way. And again, I'm not saying that the game is rigged in any sense of the imagination, but I do think there is an element of the Pac-12 really wants to see USC in the playoff. And I wouldn't be shocked if some of those 50-50 calls go in the favor of the Trojans. I hear you. You know, what's weird is with USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12 very mm, soon. You good know point. What I mean? So that's kind of a weird wrinkle it's a good also. Point. Where, yeah, they would be representing the Pac-12 when they're about to leave it very soon. Uh, right, let's move to this. Let's go to the Big 12 championship game. Number 10, Kansas State against number three, TCU. TCU still unblemished, 12-0. and we're going to Jerry World over here. Do you go Jerry singular or Jerry's Jerry's World? I go singular Jerry World. How do you get down? Oh, wow. Well, you're you're a unique contrarian guy, Brian. That's why I like you. So I, I would have said Jerry's, but that's just me. That's just you. I think the locals. I could be wrong. I think they go singular. I think they go Jerry World. I don't know. I could be wrong about that's that. That's fair. But I, I don't know if there's an official nomenclature attached to it, but <laughs> I trust your judgment. <laughs> Maybe it's tomato, tomato. I don't know, but AT&T it could, Stadium, it could very well be. It could very well be. <laughs> yeah, we just go. We know that's singular. AT&T, there's no S on that. There you go. That'll be the site of the Big 12 championship game. How about TCU? It's just one of these teams, Jared, where they don't have the brand name recognition. They don't have this illustrious history. And I think that's the main reason that a lot of people are skeptical and reluctant to completely buy them. I'm telling you, if this was the USC brand name, if this was Georgia, Michigan, whatever team, uh, even LSU who's going to be on the outside looking in, I think that there would be far fewer people skeptical of TCU, but they just don't have that brand recognition. But here they are, finding a way every single week to remain uh, undefeated and one step away from a college football playoff berth. These are two of the best ATS teams in the country. So TCU 9-2-1, and one, that's the second best record in the country behind Tulane and Oregon State. Kansas State 8-3-1. and one. So, you know, both of these teams combined. If you just blindly bet on Kansas State and TCU every week this season, they played each other once, so cancel one out. But you'd be up a lot. Um, and I think that speaks to maybe the Big 12 a little bit undervalued as a, as a conference. But also, it speaks to what these two teams have been able to accomplish. Now, I think T- I think it's fair to say that TCU is the most polarizing team in college football this season. The box scores consistently indicate that they are winning by more margin than they should. The advanced box score numbers are either tighter or they have TCU losing a game in which they've won. And obviously the public eats that up. The public loves this team. They bet them every week. The Sharps hate them. It's They're a very polarizing team because the advanced analytics say they're not as good as their record indicates, but they keep winning games and they've got a very, you know, the best record in the country, right? Can't get any better than undefeated. So I, I think that's where this game kind of fits too, because when these two teams played about six weeks ago, TCU was getting their butts kicked for about a quarter and a half. And then all of a sudden, Kansas State went from second string quarterback Will Howard to then third string quarterback, you know, Joe Schmo. And and then all of a sudden TCU, you know, wins the game and they cover easily. So I don't really know what to make of this game because I think if you're Sonny Dykes, you watch the first quarter of that game, uh, you know, six weeks ago and, and, you know, you try to make some adjustments on Deuce Vaughn. 
But if you're Kansas State, you're thinking to yourself, man, we were winning this game if 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 Will Howard doesn't get hurt and Adrian Martinez as well, who, by the way, he might I think he might play a little bit this week, maybe some sub packages, maybe not start, but maybe get into, you know, some, you know, specifically designed runs for the quarterback. But I, I think both teams are very confident. Both teams, I think, have their own edges in their own respective ways. But at the end of the day. The, this game's going to come down to one thing. Will the TCU luck box continue? If it does, they're going to win and they're going to go to the college football playoff. If not, I could see Kansas State pulling the upset. The real question is, if Kansas State pulls the upset, do they jump everyone and get into the college football playoff? Or does Ohio State get in? I think that's where I'm a little bit undecided right now on the scenarios playing out this weekend. Yeah, it would be Ohio State. It's just three losses from Kansas State. I just don't see any way they sneak their way in. I just don't see it. Um, to, to have three check marks against you, I, I could see them winning 55 to nothing like Ohio State did against Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. Game. I don't think that's going to be enough. And we know really? 55 nothing isn't going to happen against TCU. I mean, I, I think – so here's where I'm a little torn. I, TCU losing a game – doesn't deserve like you know you you wouldn't put them in over Ohio like I I I don't know where the committee will land I, right. I honestly and I'm sure we'll discuss this a lot more on Saturday but I I don't know where the committee will go if TCU loses this game I hope it doesn't happen I hope TCU wins because I think TCU's been one of the four best teams in college football this year and I think they deserve a shot at Michigan in the college football playoff because I'd like to see how that game plays out. But I, I don't know what the committee will do if if they lose. I, I don't know if if it's Kansas State, if it's Ohio State. I I, I honestly I, I really don't know. I just think it's really interesting how there are two very very different ways to look at TCU, and I think more people than not look at them as when is the glass slipper going to break? You know, you had this weird kind of run the field goal unit onto the field and survive against Baylor. You mentioned the. The backup quarterback getting injured from Kansas State earlier against TCU this year. So there's a way to look at them pessimistically. Like, yeah, I'm just not sold on this team. Eventually the luck's going to run out, that type of thing. Or you could look at it the other way and say, this team just finds a way. They have five second-half comebacks this season. Of course, the biggest one was against Kansas State, the team they'll face in the Big 12 championship game. They're down by 18 points, and they found a way to win that game. So I, I don't know. It's interesting you can dwell on their weaknesses or you can look at their strengths, and I think both arguments apply. There's logic in both ways of looking at them. I just think that Kendra Miller, their running back, is significantly yeah. overlooked. He has been a flat-out stud all season long. I agree. You know, it's kind of funny. If you want to play a little history lesson six weeks ago, TCU at home was minus 3.5 against Kansas State. And now they're minus two and a half on a neutral. And the reason why that's so fascinating, since that game six weeks ago, TCU's looked pretty good. I, that was kind of – I know the Baylor game was tight, but but I'll be honest, like they they could like, – like that was a game that I think TCU was in. And in all the other games that TCU have played, I mean, they've looked pretty good. So TCU undefeated the whole season. And we've seen zero inflation in the market. I mean, to go from a three and a half at home to a two and a half on a neutral, you know, you could argue that they really should be, you know, three and a half at home. You're getting, if you're getting three points for being at home, maybe let's say two, then they should be priced lower than. So really it's remarkable. The market just dislikes TCU. I don't know how else to explain it. 
Yeah, let's get to the SEC championship game. We go to Atlanta here for this one. LSU against Georgia. And, man, LSU, they picked a bad time to have their worst game of the season against Texas A&M. <laughs> Texas A&M has been a grease fire all season long. And they looked how we thought they might look this season against LSU. So LSU has three losses. They're done. But they're in the SEC championship game. I don't like that Jaden Daniels was really banged up at the end of that game. He's ran the ball a lot this season. To have any chance against Georgia, he's going to have to be special. It's just an interesting matchup here. Like, who wants this game badly? You know, Georgia's in regardless. So does Georgia show up? And are they focused for a full 60 minutes? Maybe they're just more powerful, they're more dominant, and they're going to cruise to a victory. It just reminds me, this is the Led Zeppelin game here, Jared. You know that that song, Whole Lot of Love? This is a whole lot of points. This is what this game is. It's it a is. lot, 17 and a half that Georgia is favored by. Well, that is a ton. It's a little more than, uh, you know, than two touchdowns and a, a field goal. They're, they're favored by even more than Add the hook to that. That's a lot against LSU, but they might just keel over and figuratively die after their season died last week. (laughs) You're right that the Jaden Daniels injury is absolutely paramount here. Um, Let me make a case for why Georgia is going to be motivated in this game. And then you can tell me if you think I'm full of hot air or not. Mm -hmm. So in the last couple of seasons during this run under Kirby Smart, Georgia's been in the national championship game. They've won the national championship game. They've basically accomplished everything a team can accomplish except winning the SEC title. They haven't won that during this little stretch here. And the players echoed that this week. They said, we haven't won this game. And this is important. And some might say the SEC title is harder to win than the, than the college football playoff, right? I, I don't actually believe that, but you know, that's the joke around college football. And I think if you wanted to ask for a better spot, this is it. And there's two reasons why. First of all, Kirby's not happy right now. Georgia's looked a little shaky their last two games. Kentucky and Georgia Tech failed to cover both games by over two scores. And if you rewind the clock to 2019, when Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were tearing up the SEC, LSU rolled Georgia in this game, 37-10. Absolutely obliterated them. There were some seniors on this year's team that were freshmen on that in, in that game, and they remember that game. So I think I can make some, you know, anecdotal, situational cases for why Georgia will be very up for this game. Maybe it's a first half cover, and then they just call off the dogs in the second half to try to make sure they're healthy for the playoff. But I am pretty confident that Georgia, for at least a part of this game, is going to be highly motivated to separate from LSU. Yeah, going to be interesting to see, man. We will be completely fired up on Saturday. Make sure you join us. Countdown to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio. It's presented by BetMGM. Three hours leading right up to kickoff, that noon Eastern window. So catch us from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. We'll get you all set for all the championship matchups and beyond in college football. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sports books. All right, let's welcome in Bill Krakenberger, sports handicapper from crackwins.com, talking some NFL. 
Crack, do you feel like week 13 is going to be a gigantic week for you? Do you just feel that in your soul and your bones here? Actually, much the opposite. As the, as the weeks go on, <laughs> it gets harder and harder to beat any sport, including the NFL. So um, not that I think I'm, I'm, I'm not going to win. I'm, oh, I always think I'm going to win or else I wouldn't bet. I don't bet just to bet. But uh, yeah, we, here we have week 13 upon us, and uh, it's hard to believe we're in, we're in week 13 right now. I mean, the playoffs are around the corner. Sick. Oh, I so know. Sick. It's crazy. It flies by every single year. This year is no different. Let's start off with the Titans. You got your eye on Tennessee. So they're at Philly. Philadelphia right now, as we as we speak, a five-and-a-half-point home favorite. Tennessee, tough one at home last week against Cincinnati. They lost by four points. Looked like they were going to get the ball back down by a touchdown at the end, but a, a penalty wiped that out. They lose by four points. And uh, some people might be a little bit too down on the Titans. You're not buying it. You like the Titans plus the points here, huh, Crack? Well, it, it, this is really probably an, an anti-Philadelphia bet. Uh, but you know, Philly has shown that they're human, just like Buffalo has, and Casey has, um, you know, earlier in the year. It it just happens. So we're we're, uh, you know, Philly just got by Green Bay, even though it was a seven point game. It was actually closer than that most of the day. I think, I think they got out thirteen nothing or something. I, I think, I'm pretty sure Green Bay was up there right in the beginning. But um, then a week earlier, they just squeaked by the Colts. And then the week before that, where I think it was when they uh, lost at home in the same kind of a spot to Washington. So, though that was a division rival, I know it's a tougher thing. Uh, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, listen, like like I said, this is. I thought Tennessee was a good was a good bet last week. I, I didn't bet it, but I thought it was a good spot for them against uh, Cincinnati um, last week. Like I said, this is this is really a game that's against the uh, the, the Eagles. I'm just looking there. I pulled up the schedule. So the Titans went into Green Bay and won by ten. But Green Bay is one of the worst teams in football. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll still, still still say that, even though I thought they were going to improve off the their Vic Green Bay's victory over Dallas. So it just goes to show you, any given week, anything happens. Like I always say on our shows, um, Titans beat the Broncos week before that at home. Played a real tough one against the Chiefs in Kansas City. I think that they can keep it close here in Philadelphia this week. Yeah, it, 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 those five and a half are disappearing there's a couple of them left but fives down to four and a half at some of the sharper shops too i think this is just the way it's going to be with the titans more times than not they're a team that just plays close games you know so if you back them might be the right side but you might have to sweat it out along the way (laughs) i don't think they're going to have too many just cruise to victory type games more times than not it's going to be it's going to be a sweat it's going to be a double deodorant game as i tell you for sure, especially in Philly. I always say it's one of the toughest venues to play, one of the toughest cities to play. The fans are very, 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 uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, I don't want to say a bad word. Let me think. They're crazy. They're just, <laughs> they're just crazy. I mean, Philly fans, uh, they, they love their fans. They love their team. They're so loyal and uh, tough place to play. But that's why I always say just put a peanut or something. Uh, my sides, I don't bet a lot on sides, but I did bet this one, though. But I don't really bet a lot on the NFL side, so um, I don't even, you know, totals and, and, and props is where, where it's at for us. Yeah, last little thing on that, it, the money has moved even more. Philly is only a four-and-a-half-point favorite right now, so it's moved a couple of points throughout the week. Yeah. So there are some people along your way of thinking on that one, Crack. How about this one? Chiefs and Bengals. That's a great matchup. 
You're looking at the first half over. What do you have your eye on here, Crack? Yeah, the uh, the I think KC Cincinnati should be a high scoring game to begin with, but I and I just don't know. Even though it's an evenly matched game, it's a you know two point spread, which means there should be a lot of back and forth. I, I even though so, so that means it really shouldn't be a clear dominant victory. Sometimes there is. Sometimes they're up by double doubles two by two scores, and you know the, the winning team will sl- will run that clock out in the fourth quarter and 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 here you had a great bet and in live wagering you could have but you know you could have middled the game or whatever but you had the, you had the best of it never recommend never recommend the middling games by the way but uh this type of a game could be that where you were ahead the whole time you had the best of it and because of running out the clock it's more the reason why i like first half overs it's a pure number it's a true number and uh yeah there's still some 25 and a, 25 and a half there's 26 is out there still uh you you, you just want to stay away from any you want to win you don't want to you don't want to you know the game to land on 27 you went over 27 is what i'm saying so there's some key numbers in in in, in a nfl obviously especially on a half let's think about it. what's going to be scored 17 20 21 23 24 maybe 27 i mean that's so you don't want to you make sure you, you're not going to get a loss around one of those key numbers. Make sure you do your shopping. Yeah, and Jamar Chase, the Bengals stud wide receiver, he is expected back in this game. We're recording this on Thursday, but that is the expectation. And if he's back, that's even better for your first half over. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. And uh, lots of times you don't want to handicap guys that the games are based on guys coming back. So got to be careful, even with the Cleveland game this week. You know, uh, seven points. It probably wouldn't be seven if they didn't think that uh, you know the quarterback was coming back. But I don't know how good a shape he's in either. So you, you, you don't you don't want to overvalue injuries. I, I actually devalue them after after the move. Yeah. How about this game? Uh, let's look at Miami and the 49ers. This is arguably the game of the week, right? Some it might is. say KC, Cincy, but Miami, San Francisco is a great great matchup. I think the Dolphins. Listen, it, full disclosure, it is my team, Craig. I've been a Dolphins fan since I was a little kid. Oh, yeah. Since I, can I forgot about that. Yeah, but um, I think that – and this is not fandom. To, they're not giving us our respect. I just think that putting my fan allegiance to the side, I think the Dolphins are one of those teams where they're off to a good start. They're 8-3, and three, but there's just something about them where you're a little reluctant to completely buy them. If they head into San Francisco and win this game against a really good defense, the Niners have pitched four second-half shutouts in a row. They haven't given up a point in the last four games in the second half. Miami's able to go in there, get a win against a respected defense. I think that would be a, a big win for them, and I think they might have more people come along to their side and start believing in them more if they're able to win a game like this. Tough test, though. Oh, Definitely not might. This is this is the if Miami beats San Fran, they're going to be the they'll be the talk about uh, of of how 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 much improved they are at a nine and three team. And no, that that this is a giant game. This may be their Super Bowl actually. Uh, San Fran who's just rolling along, and all the sharp guys think this team is a, a Super Bowl contender. And um, this game opened at three. Listen, for this game to go from three to four. Uh, this early in the week, and, and this is sharp money on the game uh, for sure. Uh, San Fran, one of the favorites now to be in the Super Bowl, unbelievably one of the four favorites to be in the Super Bowl. Uh, this is a big, big game for them. The, the pros think that 
the, the, the sharp guys think it's it, it's the right side too. So they, they, San Fran also knows this is, a, this is a big game for them too. This is one of their hardest uh, games they've had here. So uh, this, this this should be a, a tight fit, a tight game. But I'm not betting it. I'm not taking the points here. I'm not, I'm not on either side. Yeah, but it's game of the week. It's the game of the week. Yeah, Miami's got to slow down Nick Bosa. That's going to be easy, right? He's going to be uh, trying to terrorize Tua. This is a big game for Tua as well, you know, because Tua has been he's been great so far this season, crack. Uh, but against this Definitely. defense, it's it's weird. It's kind of like Tua's been good at this point, but what's going to happen next? I think T- Tua's kind of like the TCU of NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> if you look at TCU in college football, it's like they won again, but are they going to win their next game? You know, that's this is a general feeling with Tua. Let me get your opinion on the Sunday night football game here real quick. Anytime I see a double-digit point spread, I think of you, Crack. So you've got Dallas. They're 10.5-point favorites right now hosting Indianapolis. We just saw Indy. On Monday night, Jeff Saturday isn't using timeouts. They lose to a bad Steelers team. Now they're yep. in prime time again. If you had to go one way or the other, are you taking the points with Jeff Saturday and the Colts here? Um, listen, I, I don't know what you get with this Colts team week in, week out. I mean, this is the same team that beat Kansas City. You got to remember this. I mean, it's actually hard for me to, me to believe looking back at that game. Colts beat the Chiefs, you know, just just six weeks ago, uh, twenty to seventeen. Uh, then they literally, the Titans beat them at home the next week. I like, like they just proved that they were at a good game. And the, I don't know what. I, I listen. I have no idea what's mm-hmm. going on with this Colts team. I don't know. It's, I can't trust them. They lost home to the Commanders. Uh, they got destroyed by the Patriots the next week. Then they go give the Eagles a hard time. And, you know, a 17-16 loss, but they were in the whole game. Chance to win the game. They beat the Raiders. Then, uh, then you don't know where you get. Now, look, after the Eagles, after playing the Eagles so tight, they, they, they throw a bomb against the, the Steelers and lose. So you don't know what you get with this Colts team. I'll, I'm staying away from the game itself. But I know it opened 10, and it quickly went up to 11. So uh, that may mean something. Some of the sharper sports books went right to 11. They settled around 10 and a half right now. Um, it just, it's, it, again, whenever, whenever I see these big dogs, I look to take one, um, this one, no matter what, no matter what they move to, I'll be staying away from, uh, from that game. Let me get your opinion too, crack where this is week 13. Do you look to anything beyond the week 13 NFL games? Do you have your eye on any future plays, whether it's season win total, whether it's to make it to the playoffs or not any, any awards like coach of the year, MVP, anything like that, that you have your eye on in the futures market. Well, you know, we have a, we have a book here in town that puts up every single Wednesday. They put up the rest of the season, the uh, games for the, every game for the rest of the season. And they also put up certain awards uh, like Mahomes, the most touchdowns. I, 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 I bid on that. I think um, it was it was a good bet there, taking plus I think I think plus one seventy five or one seventy. Uh, Henry the most rushing yards. So there is some things I, I did bet, but week to week, whatever I see, uh, you know, whenever I see some things up there, week to week, I'll I'll jump on something. Uh, but I'm not really betting futures so much. And what I mean by that is I'm not betting like um, I'm going on now. Let's see. So here you got Chiefs four to one. 
Bills four fifty, Eagles six to one, Forty Nine ers six to one, Cowboys nine to one. I mean, I- I'll be real blunt. That is impossible. That is so hard to 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 win money with those little bit of odds, and it's every sports book. You know, they're all like that. These teams aren't worth in this parity year like it is. There's no, you can't bet something plus four to one or plus four, plus four fifty or five to one. No way, no way. So that's something I, uh, you know, just just something I it, I noticed that how hard it is. I'd rather bet the season wins over under lay a dollar ten on both sides than bet into a double digit pool like like to win the Super Bowl or something where the house is now taking ten times more in some spots, ten times more juice. Literally 30, 40% household some of these shops uh, take. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy, man. Would you say right now as we speak, Crack, you think in that first half, KC Cincinnati, is that the play that you're, you're honing in on right now that's your strongest play as of, as of right now? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I have, I have put that on there for uh, one of my, probably one of my strongest totals of the week. I'll have something more towards game time because you understand the sports books only put up the first half lines literally like yesterday, like one or two puts them up. One actually puts them up on Tuesday. And by Tuesday night, there's there maybe two people think like, Oh, it's NFL. I'm sure it's a, no, no, there's sports books right now. Don't even have the first halves up only on tonight's game, Thursday's game. So um, as a matter of fact, I, I, I don't know if people can get to listen to this on, on uh, like tonight and for tonight's play. I'm actually, Going to be playing a couple of props here on Jacoby Myers under uh, on, on some things, receptions, maybe even receiving yards. So if, if uh, that's just a current one, but I mean, always on the weekends, we give out some great stuff on our show as we did last week. We, we actually won with the Andy Dalton under it was one of the picks I gave out earlier. And as a best bet, and then the over on um, we, I gave over on the Raiders first half. It literally won the first half. Uh, literally they scored, they, they went over the full game in the first half. So amazing. <laughs> Uh, great information we give out and, and looking forward to doing that on Sunday. That's awesome, man. Definitely looking forward to that. Hey, be sure to check out the new looking features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash out feature. New users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. Like Crack said, join us on Sunday, three hours right up until kickoff, so 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Eastern time. Leading right up to that 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff window. Bill Krakenberger from crackwins.com. Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran, does a great job. I'm Brian No, I'll be along with the guys as well. Definitely check us out on Sunday. We'll have all the stuff you need to get ready for week 13 and maybe make a little bit of cash as well.